This is Tell Me What to Read, the podcast of booktopia.com.au. I'm Nick Wasiliev, and for today's book discussion podcast, I am joined by Joe Lewin. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Joel Nayoon. Good morning, Joel. Morning. And Shanu Prasad. Good morning, Shanu. Hello. Uh, let's kick right into it. And Joe, I will throw to you first. What have you been enjoying over the last couple of months? Look, I feel like um, I feel like I've really peaked early for 2022. Um, I've read two of the most astounding books that I've read in a really long time, and I, I look. I'm throwing the gauntlet down to any author to to top this for, for 2022. Wow. Um, so the first one is uh, Jennifer Egan, uh, The Candy House. Um, this is just, oh my goodness, a mind-blowing book. Um, all about memory and technology, um, but also, you know, as with just about every book that I read and love, um, human emotions and human nature and um, the nature of relationships. I just absolutely, I didn't read uh, Visit from the Goons, Goons which is I think um, linked so that's definitely on my TBR pile um, on my TBR pile now Um, but yeah this book just blew my mind I was hesitant because it's got a little bit of a like um, speculative fiction vibe to it and I am wary of that as you know Joel's laughing at me thank you very much Joel but um, because you described this book as a, a little bit of Joel book (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit of Joel, right? Because it does have that kind of what if the world was this, um, but at the end of the day is still very, um, very literary, very um, human. um, Yeah, really just astounding. I loved it. Did I actually tell you anything about the book other than I loved it? I don't well, know. I know, I, I know you're trying to avoid spoilers at the moment because Shanu wants to, to avoid read this very quickly. Because, um, because Shanu hasn't read the book. So Shanu, no. if you want to close your ears while I give you a little bit of a non-spoiler, Pracy, um, okay. there's a future um, there's a future state where um, you can upload your memories to a cloud. Um, and, you know, it sort of starts out that you can upload your memories um, to the cloud to protect you from potential future memory loss. But then um, the technology becomes that you can upload your memories to a collective cl- cloud. So um, you can go in and experience um, your birth from the point of view of your parents or your conception for that matter. Or, you know, you can go, you can go into other people's minds and experience experience events in their past through their own eyes. Um, Hugely problematic, right? Hugely problematic that you could actually do that. Um, And why would you want to? (laughs) Like, why would you want to really, really know what people think of you? I certainly don't want to know. And, you know, it it follows the the creator of the technology. It, It follows the creator of the research that formed the basis of the technology and, and how she, um, you know, her research kind of was built upon in a way that she didn't necessarily foresee or agree with um, and, and a bunch of other characters whose lives are touched by this technology in some way. So really, really fascinating stuff. Sounds like Black Mirror-ish almost. It is quite Black Mirror-ish. It is actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Very much so. It's all, all about, um, you know, social media, gaming, um, 
totally uh, sounds like my cup of tea, actually. <laughs> oh, totally. It's totally your cup of tea, Joel. And like um, our virtual reality, all of those things put together in a way that crosses ethical lines. Um, mm. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Is Goon Squad, is Goon Squad like that? I don't, I've ne I never read that either. I, it was one of the books I'm always meant to read and then never got around to it. Um, the blurb for, um, the blurb for Candy House says that it features characters from a, a vision, uh, a visit from the Goon Squad. Ah, okay. Um, so it must cross over. So I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's just in that kind of David Mitchell way that there's people with the same name or, Mm. I guess in David Mitchell, the characters really are the characters, even though the stories aren't linked. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Next, next, tell me what to read. I will have read Visit from the Goon Squad and I'll be able to tell you. Awesome. Yeah, I'm right, looking forward. You can safely go back to listening now. I've stopped talking about Candy House. <laughs> Giving Shani the thumbs up so that she knows she can listen again. Yes, thank you. I'm so sorry. But I, I, look, what I've discovered in the last year, two years, I don't know, I don't know how long, how long lockdown's been since I've started reading a lot more books. For me, I find a book the most enjoyable when I have not seen the blurb and when I don't know anything about it. Once I start knowing too much about a book, it makes it hard for me to actually read the book. Whereas if I don't know anything about it and I just see it and I just pick it up, then I find it so interesting to, and I think you like learn like different things about a book if you come into it with like literally no idea about what's what's happening in it. And I read yeah. A Visit to the Goon Squad and I loved it so much. So oh, I'm really? really excited to read. Oh, can you tell us a bit about that? About Visit from the Goon Squad? I can, because for some reason in my mind, I thought, because this book is a few years old, I thought that it was like a heavy crime Elmore Leonard novel. <laughs> it <kind of laughs> sounds like it, right? Not realizing that it's nothing like it at all. Uh, literally nothing like it. It's it's um it's basically, and I don't usually love when um, books go from multiple perspectives. That's not usually my favorite thing. You know, I usually like to like live with a character and follow that character's journey. But this worked so perfectly, and it was one of those books where you just feel like she must have had a full wall of plot plot point where she's like, you know, post-it notes where she's trying to like work out how how you tell a whole story with just telling little bits of the story from different people's point of view, but you get like this full picture and you really invest in every single one of the stories and the characters that you're um, being, you know, that you're hearing from the point of view of, but then you're fine with leaving them and moving on to the next one. So um, I just thought it was just so good. And it was all about like, there's probably more deeper things because I'm not very good at getting those, you know, but, but for surface level, it's just about, so much great stuff about music and the music industry and just love of music. And then when things go, when you become successful and when you become successful, but you're still not really, you know, the same kind of successful as you'd like to be, because you're not really ever going to be one of those insider people. And um, I don't know, there's just a lot of things. It was really, it was just really, really good. And I know that everyone said you don't need to read does that. It have, um, does it have a, um, a speculative fiction bent to it at all? No, no, no. Okay. So there is there is a music industry. I'm not no spoilers. There is like a little bit of a music industry link in um in yes because Candy House the, as well. I really liked the way I really liked how it all worked and ended. I mean, there was a little bit of future, like there was in the by the end of it, it went a little bit into a future that wasn't a future that is a future of that time. Um, so there was a little bit maybe towards the end, and maybe that's what she built on in the second in the second book, and like went further went further with mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Oh, it was, was great. 
and I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading it, but I'm like savoring, I'm saving it. Yeah. Like candy, like when you get candy at Easter and you save it till it. No, no, I'm a gorger. Like the perfect time. I'm going to really appreciate it. Cause I was gorging on too many books and I want to yeah. like. And I find that like the beginning of the year, the publishers send us all of these amazing proofs for um, all of the biggest fiction titles that are happening. And then there's this drought in the middle of the year <laughs> and then all of the Christmas proofs start coming in. So I find that I've got this like reading lull from like in like May, June where the rest, the rest of the public is getting those books. The rest of the yeah. public is getting those books. And I'm like, oh, but I already read that. Yeah. So yeah, and I was always that kid that was like, how come you still have so many Easter eggs? <laughs> I don't have any Easter eggs left. Yeah. Surely and I didn't eat them all already. All, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to raise myself. She ate them all already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've been completely sidetracked, but we but that's that's fine. I absolutely love that. Sidetracks. <laughs> um, these are not sidetracks. These are all very important tracks. It's really like interesting. Music. It's it all is. you know. It all works together. It's like yeah. layers of music. It definitely is. I'm curious, Joe. Uh, jo, what's the? You mentioned that you had brought another book uh, with us yes. in, while so you've been other, on this kit. The other book that, um, like this one, even more so. This one, I'm I'm calling it now, like book of 2022. Um, Steve Toltz, uh, it's called Here Goes Nothing. So I don't know if you guys have read any Steve Toltz before. He's only had two other novels. Um, the first one was A Fraction of the Whole. Um, A Fraction of the Whole was like um, slightly without the magic part, but like Boy Swallows Universe before Boy, Boy Swallows Universe, it was like this, um, you know, complex picture of a sort of lower middle class family in Australia in the 80s. There were all these crime links and, you know, it was this sort of family saga around um, and, and beautifully heartwarming around a, a child coming, you know, a boy coming of age in that kind of family. Amazing. Um, Quicksand was kind of a continuation of that. It was um, uh, two best mates that met going to Punchbowl High. Um, and, you know, coming together later in life when um, life sort of hadn't turned out the way they had always expected it to and, and bonding in new and, and important ways. This next book, it's not like that at all, <laughs> right? No. Um, so it's, um, it's set in Maroubra um, and there's a, there's a, a fella who um, has, has grown up in a, a disadvantaged situations, you know, grown up through a, a series of, uh, foster homes, but then finally meets uh, the woman of his dreams and, and she kind of um, lifts him out of his life of uh, petty crime and, and risk-taking, right? So far, tick, tick, sounds like Steve Toltz. But then he dies and he goes to the afterlife, but it turns out that the afterlife is just really boring. <laughs> just, um, it's just like living your life again worse but kind of worse like, like you know, you've gone to yeah like you've gone to some kind of like like place where there's only high rises and the high rises were built 70 years ago and no maintenance has been done on yeah them. it's like oh, eastern block so he goes um he goes to the afterlife and um the afterlife is really boring and a bit rubbish um 
But all through this, there's also, so there's this kind of sci-fi element, but not told in a sci-fi or fantastical way. It's told in this like super matter of fact, like, oh, well, here I am. I'm in the afterlife. It's a bit rubbish. Um, but at the same time, the story of Angus and his, um, his partner and the things that are happening to them and the way he dies is like this, it's kind of Shakespearean, right? So, you know, there's, um, you know, a guy who doesn't know who his parents are. Um, there's uh, this very eccentric woman that he becomes the partner of. Um, there's a usurper. Um, there's murder. There's uh, vengeful ghosts. There's jealousy. Um, there's all of these kind of Shakespearean themes, um, which I, I just found, like, just fantastic. I just found it so interesting. Um, and I was absolutely gripped. I couldn't, couldn't wait to finish. Um, because I just couldn't wait to find out if we ever get any explanation to why, why, why this has happened. Um, it really like, um, you know, it, it kind of gently and lovingly points fun at, um, organized religion and, and ideas of the afterlife, you know, people who believe in reincarnation or heaven and hell and all of those kinds of things in that, you know, everyone was wrong and it's so much more mundane than anyone could possibly have thought. Um, so it's an absolutely fascinating book, so different to anything I've ever read. Um, and I'm so happy it's come from him because I've really, I've followed his career and I really love, um, I really lo love Steve's work. So yeah, I'm calling it. I reckon it's going to be my best book that I will read in 2022. And unfortunately, halfway through February, I've already read it. <laughs> so I say 10 months in, we've got 10 months to go and you've already yeah. called it. I know I was only going to talk about two books, but I do want to say that last night um, I picked up the absolutely stunningly beautiful um, uh, limited edition proof I've received for the new Geraldine Brooks novel. Uh, it's called Horse. Um, and it's about a horse. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's not really about the horse. It's around the, um, the horse racing industry and the horse art scene, uh, and, uh, man's relationship with horses, um, like, I guess, Barlap and, um, Seabiscuit and those kind of like big hyped, um, amazing racehorses. I'm only a couple of chapters in, so I can't talk to it, but I mean, that's a real treat. It's been so many years since we've had a Geraldine Brooks. So uh, very exciting. Wow. You are all, like, I'm loving where you are in terms of just the stuff that you're reading right now, hitting many, you know, I'm sensing a theme of like almost kind of dystopian, but also just fascinating as all hell yeah and dystopian is not my is not my bag at all right yeah like if you say this novel is dystopian i'm like mm, yeah no thank you uh it's only because um of the pedigrees of those authors and because i'm a massive snob no uh, yes the pedigrees <laughs> of those authors that i've that i've dipped into books with that subject material but they're not your average dystopian novel right they're a lot more steve talks is not dystopian it's just, it kind it's of just is got, dystopian, though. Sounds, I mean, it's it sounds it's like it's described it. The yeah. is a dystopian. You know, you know, yeah, you know yeah. what did, though? You're right. It's, I think you're both right. And that uh, I read it as well. I mean, all three of us have read um, Steve, the, the Steve Toltz book. 
And I felt the same way I do feel when I read dystopia. Like I felt almost not as badly as like, I wasn't like in tears, like I was reading like, uh, you know, Cormac McCarthy's The Road, but it gave me the same feeling, right? So I would just give a warning to anyone. If you're feeling a little bit fragile in just life, maybe give it until things are a little bit happier till before you read yeah. this. It's pretty, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty desolate, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Without in being like in, in its mundanity, I think that's the worst part of it because you can totally imagine it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's and the, the disappointment of like, is this it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's no matter, right. no matter what you think in your heart of parts is going to happen after you die. There is no way that you guessed it was that. No, and because he <laughs> that it was living writer, in a failed communist state. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you really like that. That's what, that's why it works because his writing is so good that you're just suck it into, into what he's writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and but you can totally have two different reactions. You can have my reaction where I was like, oh, I can recognise that this is an amazing book, and I that's just stressed me out. Or you can have Joe's reaction, which is like, woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah, bit like a, a, a serious literary treatment of the good place. It is. <laughs> it is exactly that, right? It, but it's kind of the average place. Yeah. 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 Watching the good place, which well, does exist, it. which <laughs> does exist in the good place in the it show. It does exist in the good place. Yeah, there were yeah. total good place vibes, but more Shakespearean. Yeah. 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 Well, thank, oh. you so, thank you so much, Joe. I love those recommendations. And everyone, please go and check those books out because they sound amazing. Um, I'm going to throw over to Joel now. Joel, I, I, I love that Joe like, said that, that what the, the first book that she discussed was very Joel-like in terms of the, the subject matter <laughs> and things that you'd be interested in. I now worry you've been, you've been, put into, you've been kind of shoehorned and put into a, into a particular category. Uh, Time to smash. I've been, been, been Mark Harding. You've been Mark Harding, is what you've been. <laughs> what no, have you been quite. reading over the last few weeks? I, I have uh, one very Joel-like recommendation and another one that isn't. Um, <laughs> so, and it's also very sublime to the ridiculous style of uh, reading recommendation. My first recommendation is uh, 112 pages long, and it is the new uh, On book uh, by Amy Romankis, On Reckoning. I read, I, I finished it last night. I had started it and, and not quite had time to finish and then burned through the last half um, in an evening. It's so, so good. It's like reading someone's like rage on the page. Uh, it is, it is uh, completely electrifying. Um, the, the basic, I mean, the premise that it takes is, is about the sort of Me Too moment in Canberra and the politics of the moment about uh, women and uh, rape culture, basically. It's, but it's just, she herself has experienced pretty frightening sexual assault. And um, she talks about it, but she, but she weaves it into, her, to, into a, a bigger narrative about it, about how it functions in Australian society and just how terrible we are, basically, at dealing with it. And it's just, it's just fantastic. I, I, I recommend this book to absolutely anybody. You can read it really, really quickly. And it's, I feel like it's required reading. You should, you will, you will, it will change you, you, even if you already agree with it, which I did, but it still felt, felt like a, a, a moment in time that really crystallized for me. Um, absolutely fantastic book. Um, obviously it's not long, so uh, you can get through it really easily. Um, uh, easily. Sorry. Quickly, maybe not maybe easily. Not. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, it's the, the weird thing is it's not like a, it's not hard to read. 
even though even though the subject matter is serious, she because I think it's because of her anger. Um, there is mm. something like righteous about it, which makes you like fist pump. I was talking to Stefania, a nonfiction trade um, category manager, who is interviewing Amy today, later today, uh, and she she read it yesterday afternoon, and um, she and I were chatting about it last night, and yeah, I think the same. She had the same experience. By the end, you're sort of fist pumping in like righteous anger with her. I think um, it's there's no there's no easy solution, but there's there's a it's just a really satisfying experience in some ways. Um, anyway, I, I highly recommend that. So if you are interested, and then we should have a podcast very at some point soon um, with an uh, interview with the author, and sh- she seems just fantastic. Hold the phone um, on that. I'll be announcing that later. But yeah, she's been everywhere. So, sorry, the- Nick, if I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay, because it's a, it's it's this book has been everywhere, and she's been everywhere. So I'm, I'm yes. glad that, you know, we're... That, this topic is being discussed with this book. Yeah, she's great. Um, my, <laughs> my other recommendation, I said Sublime to the Ridiculous, is a fantasy, epic fantasy series, um, which I have uh, by Brandon Zanison. I've never read Brandon Zanison's fantasy before. And in fact, I haven't really read a fantasy series in years and years and years and years. And years. I just, I, it's usually just too much for me. But I started this series during my uh, Christmas break and I'm now into the second book the first book is 1200 pages long the second book is 1100 pages long so it's like a lot of actual pages of reading have happened even though there are only two books uh they're they're totally engrossing in the plot um but you know the I think sometimes the hook of a fantasy book is the world building and the world building is really interesting uh it's set in this world in which there are these big terrifying storms that happen every couple of weeks so the whole ecology of the world is built around this idea that um, all the plants and animals have to sort of hide from these storms so all the plants sort of suck into these shells all of the animals that live in the world are shelled like crustacean type animals and armored and um, it's just a very that part of it's very alien and then the human culture is very recognizable but also it's it's in some ways it's much more gendered than our society but uh they have all these interesting twists on it that i find i'm finding quite interesting to see play out uh for example it's considered to be unmanly and almost like morally wrong for men to read and to learn to read so all the women uh who are you know marginalized and not totally dissimilar ways to our society except that except they are the only ones who are allowed to read and so all of the control around education and any anything that people need to know to to make the world work women do so uh even though that's right yeah exactly uh and so like engineer all the engineers are women all the so that any men are basically good for like digging stuff up smacking stuff really hard and killing things and that's that those are the manly pursuits and it's it's like taking toxic masculinity to the to the nth degree in this culture and it's really it's just really interesting to see how that plays out it's obviously set in a sort of like a historic sort of past version um of our society but like a lot of fantasy but it's but it's totally divorced from it because of the changes that they've made so it's just it's it's just really interesting and the actual plot i I don't need to go into i think but 
if you're if you're into fantasy and you haven't read any Brandon Sanderson before, um, I was reminded of him partially because he finished off the Wheel of Time series, which I never finished reading the Wheel of Time. <laughs> uh, but the series that aired uh, late last year on Amazon, I think I I got and I loved. And then um, I was like playing with it in my head and, and my brothers had just recently read this series and going on and on about it. So I thought, yeah, I've got time over, over Christmas to read 1,200 pages. What, what's the name of the series again? Oh, sorry, I probably didn't say. Uh, the, Stor- <laughs> <laughs> the Stormlight Archive is the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first book in the series is called The Way of Kings. Um, it's, uh, it's, I think, I think from not having read his other books that, all of his trilogy, all of his series are sort of like very loosely connected somehow. Um, but I don't know how that works. So, but yeah. It is a trilogy. This one's a trilogy. Or it might even be four, might be more than a trilogy. But, like, a false four. but it's finished. Like the, the series is, is all out in the world. He's not like still writing. Don't I don't know. Which I probably should have looked up before I, I started say, it. It's going to be I very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, fantasy is like one of those things that takes so long to read the books that really, you know, you start, if I, if I discover that it's not finished, then uh, fine. I'll, I'll get to it eventually, you know. I mean, you can't read it until next January anyway when you have holidays again, right? So it doesn't really matter. Right. But, yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, very, very fun. Very fun read. I, I thoroughly enjoy escapist fantasy when you have the time. Oh, lovely. I like that you like that you're diving after the way of kings. And is the other one, that I'm, trying, I'm just trying to look it up here, Words of Radiance? Is that the second one? Yeah, that's the second one that I'm, I'm not quite finished that one, but I'll be, you know. I'll squeak it out and then I'll probably have to stop reading fantasy because I've got too much other stuff to read. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to squeeze in the Steve Tolts and, and an essay basically. Oh my God. <laughs> but but uh, that's, yeah, it's a very different experience. It's, it's not bad to have like a unicorn chaser after reading the Amy Remakers. <laughs> yeah. I'm just tip of the hat to you. That's just like two and a half thousand pages of reading just, uh, just cash. Um, to kick off the year, so wow! I reckon I reckon almost everybody in the in our team has read more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, um, I've been using the um, the Book Riot uh, reading log uh, for a few years, and uh, I always have it open when I have um, when we do this um, this meetup. And because I'm an Excel nerd, I've also added in the number of pages I read every month. <laughs> January, I read two and a half thousand pages. Wow. Yeah, there you go. It just, Solid. it was over uh, eight books instead Solid. of two. Instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> Don't discount the 112 Amy Remakers pages that I read. <laughs> so many books that are like amazing, but like very, very short. So my book count is up and my page count is probably not, but I don't really, I don't really care. I'm just more curious because I just don't know what I read until we come into one of these things. And I'm like, oh, what have I read? And I have to go back through the photos of the books that I've taken so I can remember. Fancy uh, way of doing something. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Joel. But before we get to Shanu, uh, we actually have a sponsored book uh, for this week, uh, which is Heart of Gold by Fiona Palmer. CJ Wishart is a hardworking country girl with a heart of gold, but life can be tough. Her job is backbreaking, her family life is a disaster, and after a string of dating debacles, she put men in the too hard basket. But when Lindsay arrives on the scene as the new Shearer, they have an undeniable spark. 
but can CJ handle the complications and potential heartbreak of falling in love? CJ learns that when you stay true to yourself and open your heart, anything is possible. Heart of Gold is part of our exclusive Booktopia book club offerings, and you can get it for a special price now. Links are in the description, and it is our sponsored book of the week. And now on the subject of many, many, many books being read and thousands of pages read, I will now throw to you, Shinu, what have you been enjoying over the past couple of weeks? Well, uh, I have read technically 30 books this, this so far this year, which I think is actually <laughs> down on my account from last year. But I do remember. That's amazing, Shinu. Far out. You are a powerhouse. Yeah, but like, can I talk about them eloquently? No, I cannot. So not very helpful. That's why I have to read lots so I can just like spit out, like just, I'll just break them up into genre, like genres or types of books that I think, you know, that people will enjoy. So the first lot of books that I've read that I'm a sucker for, and I will keep reading them as, as long as the publishers keep putting these covers on them is what I have called women leaning against furniture, wearing fashionable <laughs> outfits. Collapsed faceless ladies. Yes. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite genres. It yeah. is it is totally a genre because all of these books, all good, all you know, all with their own, you know, you know, plots and storylines and so on, but all covering that same theme of that kind of quarter life crisis of what happens when you're in your mid to late twenties and your life is not going the way that you had hoped it hoped it would, and how do you get out of that, and how do you make your life um, a life that you that you are happy to have? Um, so I've read a couple of those. <clears throat> the first one I started the year with. Um, was um, Love and Other Puzzles by Kimberly Allsop, which is, I believe, out now. And so um, that one, um, that one was that one was really interesting because she used like a really quirky, um, quirky idea of how to like kind of jolt this main character out of her sort of complacent complacent life. Um, then also in that same vein, I can recommend Careering, um, which is by um, um, I'm going to say Daisy Buchanan. Yes, I'm 100% going to say Daisy Buchanan because she is like the poster girl for this for this sort of writing, and um, and that one was um, that one was like it was quite deep actually. There was a lot of like backstory. That character had like some like some really traumatic childhood uh, to overcome, um, which you don't often get. You don't always get in these in these types of books. So that was really super interesting. And then the um, the third one that I've read most recently. Um, was uh, No Hard Feelings, which I have to be honest, I think has my favourite cover. There's something about the combination of the greens and the oranges and the, and the actual oranges on the cover that just speaks to me. And the book itself also, um, I believe that um, Amy actually already spoke about this book and she, she loved it so much she cried. Um, I thought it just dealt really, really well with, um, with those, those feelings that you have, um, you know, when, you know, from the outside, things might be okay, but you're, you're not okay. And how, how do you, and how, how can you ask for help? And how can you get that help? And, and, you know, it's okay to, just because you look like your life is fine, it's okay to still not feel fine. Like, you don't have to feel bad about that. Um, and so I thought that was really good. And the way that she sort of addressed. And, and that, um, um, the woman, the star of this show, really should be feeling very good feelings about her outfit, because it is great. It's amazing, yeah. And I aspire to um, wear those two shades of green and lie on, you know, terracotta-coloured um, bed yeah. Fantastic. This is what I mean, right? Because that's the yeah. whole point of these books, right, is that the covers look, I mean, apart from the fact that they clearly, they're, that's what I love about them is that you get these, like, you know, they're young, they're beautiful, they're, they've got everything. However, they're not happy, you know? Yeah. And that's what you can get from these covers. But, but they're very high fashion, aren't they? Like, it looks like a... Um, it looks like a high fashion 
shoot the way that they've always so they always seem to have their yeah, faces very obscured yeah um always wearing something fabulous yeah. um strong mm. colors i mean it yeah. all started i think with the the meg mason uh that meg mason cover for sorrow and bliss was the first yes. time i saw this uh yeah. This look. And, and HarperCollins, HarperCollins are a leading, they're, they're like, they lead the field in, in like really pushing that design, pushing design along, I think in book covers and they've certainly done totally. that in this genre. But it's really, it really has exploded. But I think, I think it is such a good signifier. And what's really interesting though, is that I'm wondering if that, that's starting to shift a little bit to like, you know, I feel like things are starting to look up a little bit <laughs> and maybe these women are, um, uh, are going to be, uh, the next lot of books, they'll be a little bit, their problems won't be so much like, you know, quarter life crisis problems, but like external you know, mm. issues. You still can't see their face, but they're, they're, they're more upright. So there's one coming that's got like, you can just see the top of her head and the bun. And the bun is like happy. It's a happy bun. So uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that's where we're going. Cause, um, but these have been great. So that's, that's been one sort of um, kind of style of book that I reread this at the beginning of this year. And then the next one, I've read lots of crime. I've been, I don't know why, but all I want to read are crime books. And I've read so many great um, crime books. Um, yeah, this year I've read, um, uh, a couple from Ultimo Press, so Canticle Creek and When We Fall. And I loved When We Fall. It was so interesting because it wasn't, um, it was like the person, instead of a detective, because I do love a detective, um, you know, like a procedural, but this one was um, was much more personal and it was like the person herself was just the, she just found the body. She didn't know the body, and but she's the one that felt because she found it that it was her responsibility to find out what happened. So that one was really interesting and had dealt with like, um, you know, family relationships and dementia and all sorts of things. So that one was, that one I really, really enjoyed. Um, and I also, um, other crime I read, oh my God, The Torrent by Danuka McKenzie, which is um, also out now. All these you can get. So good. It's like, if you love uh, Dervla and you love that kind of style of writing, um, uh, you will absolutely love The Torrent. And also to have like um, a woman writing about a woman who is, you know, half, half Asian uh, is really great to hear, to see. And like, um, you know, I thought that was excellent. And then the one that I've read, which I think a lot of people will be really excited about, it's kind of like, it's like a Chris Hammer, um, Jane Harper, you know, that's what they're calling her, the new one of those people. Um, that's what the publisher is, is saying about this book is um, called Dirt Town by Hayley Scrivener. That one you'll have to wait till June for, but um, it is it is like the, the classic, new classic, new classic Australian crime film. But this one's really great because like, again, I said, I'd not really love I don't really usually love different voices, but this one, the book works because it has all the different voices. It even has like a Greek chorus of all the kids in the town, which is super, super interesting and something I haven't seen before. So lots of great crime. Um, highly recommend um, reading all of those. Um, read some good YA as well. Um, my most favourite, one of my most favourite authors from ever in my life is, um, is Garth Nix. And reading uh, Tercial and Eleanor has made me want to read the whole um, uh the whole Sabriol and series, the whole series again, the Old Kingdom series. Um, so that's been that. awesome. Yeah, it's really good. It's really. I've good. read all the other books. I haven't read the new one. Yeah, no, no, the new, and the new one is like a prequel. But normally prequels are terrible, but this prequel is excellent. And um, yeah, it's really, really, it's it's really good. And you'll totally want to read all of the other books again. And then the last one I'm just going to mention is a book that I can't really put into a category. So I'll just put it speak about it on its own. And I have read other ones as well, but this one specifically. And just something about it I just loved. It's called Hovering by Rhett Davis. And it's a book that's just a little bit strange because um, it's basically like a woman comes back to her hometown of Melbourne and, you know, she hasn't been back for like 20 years, right? And her hometown is changing. It's changing every day. 
Streets are moving. Houses are moving around Melbourne. Streets are, a street that would lead you somewhere one day is now leading you somewhere else. And all the people in Melbourne are like, oh yeah, we just, we just, you know, Google Maps is now updating, so we, we just get it. It's not happening anywhere else in the world. It's just happening there. But for some reason, even though you've got this very, like, un unusual plot device, the book's actually really about, like, family and art and what is art and, um, like, all these questions that you wouldn't expect from a book where you think that the main plot device is going to be actually streets just ma randomly moving around. But I can't even talk about it very well because, like I said, I'm not great at, like, you know, giving the excellent descriptions of these books but i'm just going to tell you if you want to if that's what the, that's what our podcast is called right tell me what to read we're telling you go and read hovering by rep davis it is super cool and joe if you like the steve Tolts and you like all that kind of stuff i think you're definitely going to enjoy this and joel you like kind of i think you'll also enjoy this yeah, that sounds my, cool. it's on my tbr pile actually i've got um quite a teetering tower of um book proofs on my bedside table um and it's it's on there yeah, it's hovering I'm, it's hovering right near I the would top hover of that it up. pile. I would hover it up a little bit because it it's really already is quite good. at the top, but sorry, okay. Geraldine Brooks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I understand. Yeah. Yes. Geraldine Brooks is Geraldine Brooks. Yeah, but this one I think will be super, super interesting. Um, yeah. Okay, one last book. And then we'll have, I promise I'll finish. But ben, <laughs> ben, I'm sure, has talked or will talk about this book, so I'm definitely not going to. All I'm going to say is Son of Sin, award winner. That's it. Wow. We do have. Oh, I've we got do that. Have, That's on my TBR. Yes, we do have a podcast planned uh, coming up with uh, with Omar Jaisakar as well. Uh, so, wow. That's all I'm going to say. All right, I'm done. <laughs> well, uh, Danny V, eat your heart out. How many books did you bring uh, Did you bring this week, Chanel? You know, I absolutely love I it. Think, I hope you'll remember and tell me which ones I need to give you the details for because I certainly won't. <laughs> <laughs> I can just hear Olivia like taking notes already because the last time you were on, you talked about the Mirror Visitor series, that, this, that yeah. amazing series. And Very I good. know now at the moment that Liv is like ripping through them. Going, oh, great. I'm going to talk to her about them then because, <laughs> yes, I want to talk to more people about them because I love them so much. Yes, everyone go buy them. They're really good as well. Um, oh, fantastic, guys. What an amazing selection of books that we've covered uh, this episode. So thank you so much to Chanu and to all of you for these uh, for all of the books discussed today. Um, and so for all of our listeners, you can check out all of the books that we have discussed today down in the description box, or you can also head to this really amazing website called uh, booktopia.com.au, where there are millions of titles at your fingertips. It's a good website. You should go check it out. We'll be taking two weeks off book discussion episodes after this episode uh, has gone out. However, we do have some very exciting episodes coming your way in the next fortnight. Join us on Wednesday ne next week as we kick off the first of two themed episodes around International Women's Day as we sit down with Mandy Beaumont, author of the incredibly hard-hitting novel The Furies. And as, and as well as that, we'll also be sitting down with the one and only Amy Ramekis on her new book that Joel discussed earlier on Reckoning. And next Friday, we'll be joined by the one and only comedian and host of seminal Australian music cult show, Spicks and Specs, Adam Hills, to discuss his new middle grade novel, Rockstar Detectives, in another kids and YA and middle grade spectacular. As always, thanks for listening and never stop reading.